Welcome to Clydesdale Media, fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at c4energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. He is Charlie Odie, uh, Mr. Hipster himself, and we are so delighted to have one of our favorites, Fee Sagafi, with us. Fee, so nice to see you again. Good morning. Nice to chat with you guys again. Yeah, so what I love about Fee is every time I see her, um, she has the biggest smile on her face, no matter what she's doing at the time, whether she's on the competition floor or she's in Vendor Village or she's on the demo team, whatever it is, you just always have the biggest smile on your face. So what what gives you that attitude to smile all the time? Oh, my God. Well, that just made me so happy. Wow. Um, I think part like in CrossFit, if we're talking about just in the sport and what I do, I freaking love it. Like I absolutely just love what I do and I'm not a I'm not a cutthroat angry mean I want to beat all these people which I do but I I think there's just more passion to just like wanting to compete and win um some people might just disagree with that or say that I'm not as nasty of a competitor or as aggressive of a competitor and I love it and that's why and I could never see myself doing what I love in this way just several years ago. And there's no reason to not feel so grateful and thankful and just love every bit of it. So I really, truly have such a passion for the sport, the community and competing, of course. So one more brag on you and your family is that I was at Granite Games when you were competing there last semifinal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to meet your family and I don't even know if you know this. No, I don't. You met my mama? So your family came up to me and thanked me for the interview I did with you and were so kind to me. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, now I know why Fee is so cool. Her family is amazing. That is awesome. Wait, this that's wild. I wasn't told that. That's so amazing. We did that short interview after the Chestabar shuttle snatch event. Um, it ended up going well, and I remember that interview as well. That's so sweet. My mom, so my mom, my dad wasn't able to be there, but I'll tell you, my dad, he will drive through the night, hours, take the last flight, try to make my competitions, and he just couldn't make it. He's a doctor, so he he couldn't swing it with his schedule. But my mom was there, and sometimes, and my youngest sister and my fiance. And, um, anyways, most of the time my mom, she, she does it. She always gets so scared watching me, everything that I do. She just like prays to God that like, he just keeps me safe, but she's like my number one. I could always see her in the stands, hear her. She's always a fee fan with her shirt on <laughs> and it's the best. So what, what I get the opportunity to do a lot of times is where I'm stationed at semifinals to get those short interviews 
I'm like right in parents row. Yeah. Oh, love it. You hear it. So like I get, I get to watch Tim Paulson's dad pace up and down the entire arena floor. Um, and Kat decided to join the show. Um, and then that's how I got to meet your family as well, because everybody was hanging out on that side yeah. so that they could see you guys like after the event and all of that stuff. So yeah. uh, it's, oh. it's, it was really cool. I'm so disappointed. I'm just disappointed that you couldn't meet my dad. You have to meet my dad. He's a character. He's had a couple people yelling at him at what it was a couple, actually two years ago. So two years ago, we were at Wadapalooza. I was competing individual that year. And he was in the stands ready to watch this event, whatever event we were doing. And anyways, Morning Chalk Up, Pat from Morning Chalk Up um, comes by and with Cooper and Danielle Brandon. He's like, make way, make way. Danielle's coming through. Danielle's coming through. And my dad's like, I'm going to stay right here. My daughter is competing. She's up at the front row. I am not moving for anyone. And Cooper is also my agent. And he's like, yo, yo, this is Dr. Shigaki. <laughs> he's got to watch his daughter. And it doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing. Like, my dad will watch me, fight for me, love me, cheer for me so hard. And uh, he's the dad with the mustache. He looks like a walrus. And he has this mustache that grows out and then down. <laughs> it's the best. So Kat, Kat said that she met your dad at the Mayhem Classic. Oh, and my God. Yes. Fee fanatic. <laughs> Crazy. And the funny thing, Kat, at Mayhem Classic, this was year, this is those listening, this was back in like sanctionals. Like when when you know after the open, if you didn't qualify for the open, you had to go live at a sanctional and earn it that way. And that's where I had earned mine that year. But I remember the only thing my dad cheering when I was doing a chipper event was like, go, 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 down, 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 up, 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 up. That's <laughs> all like <laughs> like he's playing a video game. I, that's he's, he's controlling me. You know, I was like, Dad, you should have just kicked me into that last gear at my. <laughs> but he's funny. Well, yeah, and it's great. I, I love when you when the families are that into it and that into their athletes. It's amazing. But I want to get into. We talked to you. It was before Granite last year. Was the last time we talked to you in a full interview. So much has happened in your life from that point forward. And I want to talk about the personal stuff first, which is you got engaged. Yes. I'm happily so, engaged. We got engaged just recently. So walk us through that. Was it a romantic engagement? Was it something yeah. you guys pre-planned? Oh my gosh. So I've been with my fiance, Alex, uh, for like six years now. And Pretty much, it was the biggest surprise. So we're very much like, I, you know, I adore him. And every, a couple years ago, or several years ago, we sat down and we just like laid out like life goals, like things that we'd love to accomplish by like six month end, one year end, and like very far down the future, five years. And that was like back in like 20, oh my God, like, yeah, like 2018 maybe. Um, and so anyway, 2019 maybe. And anyway, so in that long plan, he was like, I plan to be engaged and to marry you and you're going to be my wife. And like, that was years ago. And so we had like, you know, talked about, you know, marriage and growing a family one day and all of that. Um, but leading up to that, I had no idea. It could happen today. It could happen years from now. So like, um, so anyway, so 
he, we went to his family's lake house that we always go. And every time uh, we go to the, the family lake house in Chautauqua, it's just the best weekend. It's a weekend filled with family and yard games. And we're just present with each other. We're not on our phones the whole weekend. We're watching movies. And it's just like a huge celebration. And we ended up going um, just as like a that literally that and it's no different than what we have done in the past and we had more family members come in and we were going to do this family photo shoot because we finally had certain family members be able to make it anyways um we get to the lake house we go that night they're like fee you got to put on something nice and i was like we're going for burgers and wings why would i put on anything but like leggings and a t-shirt and they're like no we got to do your makeup you got to like they were like giving me hints and i wasn't picking it up and I was like, no, I'm about to eat a burger. Like, I don't want to wear anything nice. And they're like, well, we're taking family pictures, so you got to put something on. So I'm like, okay. So anyways, we come back. My sister, all of a sudden, is the first person I see when I open the door. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I knew you were coming, but you're in my face. Like, she's taking my back off. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm like, I feel great. I just ate burgers. I just ate wings. Like, we are good to go. And she's just acting in a way that was just a lot. And then I walk out. They're like, see, the sun is setting. You got to run out of here. You're wasting our time. Like, photo shoot's about to get ruined. Um, so I'm, like, scurrying down the stairs. I'm like, okay, I'm coming. And then the first people that I see are my mom, my sister, my brother. And I look at them, and I'm like, y'all are going to be in the family pictures? Like, okay, like, that's awesome. And then I turn, and I look at Al down the dock, like, rose petals down the dock. He's, you know, standing with something in his hand and everyone's like, get ready. Like, it's showtime. And that's when I was just like, oh, my God, I did not see any of this coming. And it was the whole beautiful engagement, the sunset, the family. And it was beautiful. And I, I was so happy. And that entire weekend ended up being a surprise engagement party. <laughs> so two things. Uh, he went full out with rose petal. Rose petals. Oh my gosh. Rose petals. He had a blanket all over the um, dock, right? Because we're on the lake. Like you've seen those like fail videos. Um, so he covered all his bases. He had, you know, my sister-in-law's mom. Um, she was like with the, she's a uh, professional photographer as well. So she was with the camera taking the moments. My sister-in-law, she was with my, or her phone, like capturing all the, little behind the scenes moments there and the reactions and um, oh yeah everyone was like and everybody knew except me obviously um but there had been a couple times where like things had almost slipped out and he was just stressed for like two weeks leading up to it apparently but it was the most beautiful thing i could ask for and it's so funny because i forget sometimes how close cleveland is to where i grew up because i grew up in northwestern pennsylvania just just south of Erie and like I had tons of friends who had lake houses at Lake Chautauqua everybody everybody has a lake like if you don't have a lake house yourself you at least have a very good friend that has a lake house and a boat and up north like northeast you're always like let's go to the lake let's go to the lake let's go we're going to the lake <laughs> it's just a thing and that's actually a big life goal of ours is like one day we'd love to, you know, have that same, be able to provide that same experience with friends and family. And that's such a big dream. Yeah. And where I grew up is a, is a river town, mm -hmm. um, with like a big river. And 
I always like to be around water. I just always feel most comfortable when I'm someplace near water. Mm-hmm. It just, it brings extra life to the, to your environment. I, when I went to, I went to Arizona once and I'm like, man, there is no water. There's no lake. There's no ocean. There's just a bunch of pools and it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, I, I went to Arizona once and I thought, this is the dirtiest place I've ever seen in my life. It's yeah. just sand and dirt everywhere. Yeah, you're like, it's just red. Everything's just clay. <laughs> That's right. So advanced that, I, I went back through your Instagram and I saw you post like 193 days to the wedding. And then, but it was six weeks ago. And this morning, I'm not prepared to do complex math. So when is when is the wedding date? The wedding date, I know. If you ask me how many days, I'd have to check Google. The wedding date is August 11th, right after the games. So we um, we specifically like planned this year out. And God willing, you know, we just hope all the great things happen this year, right? Um, but we wanted it to be that date and not any sooner and not any later for like so many reasons. After I am going to qualify for the CrossFit Games and I am a contender, I'm coming, I'm coming hungry and we are making it happen. Um, but we wanted to go from like Wisconsin straight to Cancun, Mexico. And because the games, the final day of the games is August 6th, I think is a Sunday. I think that's August 6th. August 6th happens to be my birthday as well. So lots of things happening that week. So, then, so we'll have to bring a cake to the games. We have to after, during, after the last game, all of it, we're going to be celebrating, hopefully. And, um, and then August 11th is the date and we wanted, cause we have a lot of great friends in the sport and in the CrossFit space. And we wanted to make sure that it aligned with the season that we're all going to have. Um, but also, you know, our friends that are teachers and we wanted it to be before the school year. And we just wanted to like end the season with just an amazing celebration that everyone can celebrate. Um, so we decided Cancun because we don't want people to just celebrate our wedding. We want to celebrate just friends and family and just being together. And a great way to do that is head to Mexico with some drinks, some good people, some beach, some sand, all of it. So destination wedding then you're getting married in Mexico. Yes. I've been the worst wedding planner. Um, Al, Bless his heart. He's been <laughs> he's been doing most of the wedding planning. Um, we've been working as much together, but he knows that right now my focus is so into the season and training, and just that's where my focus is. And he, you know, he works so hard, um, but he's been helping so much with the wedding planning versus like a lot of couples. The guys is like the wife takes care of it. Here's the credit card. Um, no, it's actually been quite the opposite. He's been amazing. Yeah, we need we need something bad about Al. Does he have like a leg longer <laughs> than the other one, or like? <laughs> He's too good. He's oh my gosh, it's so funny. I think my dad, uh, when we first started dating, my dad tried to find like something that he could have on him. And um, when we first started dating, I went to my dad. I was like, Dad, um, I'm dating this guy, and he's amazing, and I'd love for you to meet him. He goes, What's his name? And I said his name. Well, what did he study in uh, college? of, you know, business and accounting. Uh, where do you go to high school or where do you go to college? Mount Union. Did he play sports? Yes. He's an athlete. Was his grade point average? You know, um, 
he's Italian? I was like, yes, he's Italian. He goes, ah, he drinks. I don't like it. And I, <laughs> I was like, I drink, mom drink. <laughs> and um, yeah, he's he's awesome. He works really, he's a CPA right now. At, or he's been a CPA. And uh, he's been hit while I'm going, you know, through the heat of season right now. He's going through it with tax season. So he works so hard. He should sometimes tell he's like another 80 hour work week. And I was just like, I don't know how to help you, but I'm here. <laughs> so Kat's asking, is it a big bridal party? Actually, no, not a big bridal party. We want to keep it small, small. Our, our group of friends, like um, we, we were very blessed with a lot of friends, but when it comes to the bridal parties, it's, um, it'd be the best to just keep the bridal party small. So my sister, my best friend, and uh, my sister-in-law. So we got three. And then he has three groomsmen. Yeah, I'm be I'm begging my daughter to do a destination wedding. Oh, I said I would so much good. rather pay for a place you want to go and have a blast. My wife and I spent so much money on our wedding; had took ten years to pay it off. Barely remember oh, it no. because of the stress and all that stuff. And like I'm like I would much rather you pick a place you want to go, yeah. and let's just go do it small, intimate, be done, and we'll have a reception back here. Yes. And that's, that's, that's what I think. That's what we've been thinking. We're like, we're going to spend all this money. Like we can't just spend all this money to enjoy a chunk of the day. Like it's not even like all day, it's like, you know, pieces and a couple hours of the day. We're like, no, if we're going to spend this money. We're going to create an experience with people, with people that we love. And hopefully it's, I mean, most weddings that I go to, I don't remember much other than like, was the dancing amazing? Yes. Was the food amazing? No. Like, like, and that's really it. So I don't remember the color of the plates and the napkins and the flowers and where they were and the light. Like, I don't remember any of those things. Um, but I want to remember, I want people to remember their experience. Even if it's maybe not the wedding, they at least remember all the amazing things on vacation. Um, I think I'm, I'm excited. I really, I'm just praying to God that everything just continues to go uh, very well. I'm very happy. I've heard that. Uh I've heard Kalahari's got a great uh, wedding. Do they? Over there. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Fee, only 10% of what Charlie says. I was like, is true. I'm over here. I'm like, I guess me. <laughs> Kalahari. Do look, I, have to, cool. I actually have yet to go, by the way. Everyone that I know goes to Kalahari. Well, I, I can imagine you at Kalahari making a water slide a competition. Oh my God. The amount of times we made the little kids slide, because we've been to Moon Palace. We, uh, you know, where we're having our wedding, it's, we've been there a couple times now. The amount of times, and Al is so competitive. The amount of times we've turned like the kids' pool slide into like who could get there, who could get down the slide faster is what, like, you know, these grown adults with like these five-year-old kids, like get out the way. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be happening. Yeah. Like the whole brute crew at a water park with stopwatches. Oh, oh um, yes. We were literally with our stopwatches, with our phones, like, okay, go. Oh, you didn't beat me. I'm going to go. Oh, you cheated on this one. You went too early. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really hoping, I mean, my great friends that, you know, hopefully are, or go, you know, I got to get my coach down there, my friends, my training partners, my uh, Cooper, my agent, some amazing friends that have been such a huge part of 
my season and my life these last couple of years. Like there's just so many people in my life that I could not see living without them because even after the sport and after that chapter closes, like I could absolutely see the friendships, you know, continue. And that's what's really special about being some part of something like this. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> and I hope I'm going to clip that section to give to my daughter to say, see, uh, see what fun it could be. That's right. Use me. Text, let her text me. See, ask me the, those wedding questions. <laughs> so I want to get into CrossFit a little bit. And last time I saw you, well, not the last time I saw you, but last time we talked, you were just getting ready for granite. You got into that competition and kind of like per your history, it came down to that last event. Yeah. Yeah. And you did, you did pretty much everything you needed to do in that last event. Just everybody else didn't fall where they needed to. Mm -hmm. And so, so what motivation does that give you going into the off season and where did you think you had to improve most? Yeah, so that that event was crazy because I feel like these last couple of years, I've, for some reason, my number has been seven, right? I've always set seventh. I'm just there. I'm contending. I'm making other people nervous. Is she going to get it? Oh, not yet. But um, so that there were a couple of events that weekend that definitely didn't go to practice, didn't go to plan. Um, there was a big chipper event that I was really hoping that my best would be great. Um, and, uh, there was a chipper event with like GHDs, wall balls, ring muscle ups, like all the things that I truly enjoyed doing. But then that heavy dumbbell push trick at the end just crushed me. Um, again, whole exposed is strength. Strength just takes time to develop. And those, there's certain implements that are harder than other implements for me and heavy, like heavy dumbbell push tricks. 50 pounds in each hand, that's heavy. And I hope that's heavy for other people, <laughs> but that's heavy for me. And that like, really, I struggled with that. I didn't struggle with it in practice. Um, there, I, I got, I was actually blacking out throughout that event a little bit. And I know some people overheated um, also after the event. So there were a lot of things and there's certain events that I'm like, if I could have, you know, all, gotten this result in this one event and um, it could have changed the entire weekend with maintaining um certain finishes after that um but strength has always been something that i've needed to be patient on and so after that event our focus immediately turned into like i gotta get it on the last chance qualifier right um so it's hard when everyone else is training for the crossfit games and you're just still trying to make it and you're just waiting for july you're just training for the last at that point you're just training to make it through the last chance qualifier. You're not even training like the rucking, the heavy, you know, odd implements as much. You're just training for like almost like another open, you know, quarterfinals. Um, and that was hard, but I knew that we just needed to be patient through it. And um, yeah, like, and I finished seventh again, another like seventh, I think place finish crazy. And I gave it my all and it's not actually a clean and jerk event shuttle event during that weekend actually ended up being a pretty strong event for me um but just the cards weren't in there and um what the motivation was after that weekend so back in july that last chance qualifier we eventually found out that i didn't make it immediately the conversation turned into like 
what do we have to do to build a better fee? And every year we've been making just small changes, environment changes. I went, I stopped the school that I was in and I completely went full time. Financially, I was in a good position. I had the opportunity. Cooper, you know, has put me in that place. Um, I was working at the gym as a CrossFit coach. Absolutely love it at CrossFit Mentality. I was training full time and it's like, okay, what else can we do when you're training full time? Your, your life is at the gym. You're doing it. We're, you know, we got the training. We got the coach. The conversation was, we got to get you down here. We got to get you down to Naples. We got to get you being with your training camp and your coach full time. And we got to get you, um, you know, in this environment because I was training back at home full time, but by myself, it was me, my tripod, my camera, my clock, texting Matt, you know, things that I was doing, but there's only so much coaching you could get through a text, right? I mean, everyone knows that. That's why everyone enjoys going to CrossFit class because they get that immediate attention and coaching. Um, so eventually I go to Al and I'm like, Al, how would you feel if we had a long distance relationship? Because this is what I'm thinking. Like, it was like, no doubt in my mind, I got to go to Florida. Um, he goes, I love the idea. I'm coming with you. That was it. He's like, we're doing it. We're making it happen. We're doing it. Just tell me where, when, what do we need to do? Um, and that was really what motivated me was I've been improving and I know I've been improving. It's just like, I'm like on the door knocking right now. And I'm just like waiting to just blow it down. Um, strength has been improving. Like I said, it just takes time, but being in a different environment full time with my coach has made all the difference. And I'm, and I'm just working so hard to make it happen. And hopefully the end result this year is a much stronger result than last year. So, so much to, to unpack from that one to paint a little bit of color around that chipper where you said you blacked out at times being there, there was a large staircase you had to go up once you completed uh, the event, several athletes had to stop going up that staircase and take a break because of what that event did to them. So that was definitely not you. Yeah. Two, um, what is it like having the support of Al and your family? Like when you make these big decisions, they don't even question it. It's just, let's go, let's do it. Let's get behind fee so that she can be the best fee she can be. Oh, I'm, what it means to me, it, it feels unreal. Like it feels like I'm finally able to do what I, I love and pursue this crazy thing that I know comes to an end, right? Like this career is an infinite. It's not forever. It's just as a chapter of all of our lives and to be able to do that because it makes me happy. Like it just, you know, it's a testament to, I think the relationship that I have with everybody. Um, and it's always been very pure and, um, you know, Al loves, you know, my fiance and I, we have a great relationship. And one of the most important things in our relationship has always been, you know, giving our a hundred percent to the person that we love and supporting them in any which way, because we just truly believe in you and them and us. Um, and that looks different to different people. And to us, it means going all in on each other because we love each other and we trust each other. And um, he's in a position where he's able to support 
that himself as well. Um, and it just means the world. It means that I feel like I'm not scared um, to fail. Yeah, it makes me very excited. I get more excited to attack things because um, I'm not scared to fail because if I do, I know they got me. I know they got me and, and they always have. And it makes the season even more exciting because when you're not scared to fail, it's you got nothing to lose, right? And that's exactly what I've been feeling these last years. I've been um, very excited, more than nervous, and very willing to try new things because I know I got nothing to lose. And I've only been getting better in so many different ways. So it's been amazing. So map me out the timeline. You make this decision that you're going to move to Florida. You get asked to be on the demo team and you make the actual move. Like how does that all transpire? Yeah. So we made, so yeah, after the LCQ, um, Cooper got in contact and was like, okay, if we're not going to do this, we're going to do that. And you're good enough to maybe give them the great test that they're going to be testing. And within like two days, I got the email like, hey, if you do want me on the demo team, like, great job this year or, you know, and it was crazy getting that. It was an instant, of course. So now I'm training for the CrossFit Games demo team to still test games events. So it, it gave me so much drive and purpose that I'm like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to train. And I'm going to train so hard because I want to give the best results for the athletes um, and for Boz and for the CrossFit Games team. Like, I feel like I had like a very good purpose in those moments. And um, I went home, trained still hard um, leading up to the CrossFit Games. And then um, CrossFit Games came around, uh, you know, throughout. We were actually in Madison for two weeks. And CrossFit Games wrapped up. I eventually got engaged. I ended up finding uh, an apartment in Florida this morning of my engagement. Things were working out. And then a couple months later, we... Um, we eventually moved in uh, first or last week of October, kind of first week of November, um, after my sister's wedding. So my sister got married. So there are a lot of like life events still happening from August to October, um, and you know, and we made the decision to move after my sister's wedding. I got a, you know, I was in my, of course, I was in my sister's wedding, and we made the move. We drove down, and in November we moved in. It was the craziest, like three months. <laughs> so the demo team, you guys look like you were having a ball. You know, we, we are, we're friends with Allison Scuds. You know, she was the captain of the demo team. She's always having fun. She yeah. finds a way to have fun in everything. What was that experience like? And what advantage did that give you to kind of be inside the lab of the guy who does the programming? for the next season? Uh, get games demo team, I will say, that was those who have done it, and they've done it with a, such a great group of people. And I was so excited to be with, you know, James Sprague, Chloe Wilson, Allie, Street Horner, Griffin Raw, I mean, Mitch Stevenson. They're just a good, hard group, and they're not jealous athletes either. Like, we just all, like, love seeing each other succeed and, you know, in the season and outside. Being led by Allie was amazing. She is just like Captain Allie. Like, she is like, okay, this is the plan. This is what we need to do. This is where we need to be. She gave us, like, she gave us that sense of urgency, but she kept us on schedule. Like, doing demo team is not like 
no one will know what it is unless you do it. It's an all day thing. You're testing things on the fly. Um, we could be eating lunch and, you know, Allie, you know, hey, you guys, we got to go back in an hour. There's another test that we got to do. And we're like slamming rice and chicken. And we're like, okay, time to do something crazy. And, you know, you're on your feet, you're on call, you're, hey, you know what, for this test, I want this person, this person, go warm up 10, 15 minutes, we're rolling. Um, you know, we were out in the hot sun during the week. Um, fee, you're going to go test, uh, you know, the la the final workout, the rowing and the uh, the Jackie. And Jackie Pro, right, and I think is what they called it. We're out in the hot sun. I'm dehydrated. I'm eating chips. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go through so much pain in the next, like, 30 minutes. We get in, you know. So that was the weekend. Amazing. And, um, yeah, that, it was cool to see Boz's insight from all that, in that experience, to chat with him, to see how he thinks. And it was cool because now it's like I get that understanding of how he's thinking. So everything that was tested, I was not surprised. Example, V-ups. Like he's so into strengthening and reinforcing and testing the fundamentals of movement um, in different disciplines of sports, specifically gymnastics. He's, you know, that is his, you know, discipline. He was, I think he he went to, um, he was an he's an acrobatic, right? And um, so when we chatted, he, he was giving us insight on, you know, the, what he believes in and his philosophy on what athletes should be training. And it always stemmed back to one, always playing, always playing sports, always having fun with movement, not just doing the things that have been tested or what you see from events past, just play. He was like, just move around, like explore your body, flip up in different ways you haven't before. And two was don't forget your fundamentals. Don't, you know, go crazy on trying to learn butterfly pull-ups before you master all things strict. Um, flipping upside down, the wall-facing handstand push-ups, that was one that I'm sure people struggled with. So it was cool to see that, and that is his core philosophy in a, an extreme nutshell, but it was cool to see that in person and be like, okay, now I get it. I understand. And um, yeah, I think all of us have been living in a small little box where we just train what has been tested before. And now programming is getting smarter where it's like, no, we got to keep playing and exploring and just doing the things that haven't been done and hoping that it gets tested and that we're ready. So my last question about the demo team is yeah. that do you have to like, just like you're at a competition, do you have to fuel yourself right for that weekend? Do you have to think about sleep and recovery and all that? Because you're doing the same workouts that the games athletes are doing. Yeah. The, as much as you would think, like as much as I would want to just have the nutrition on point, the sleep on point, the recovery on point, I feel like nothing, like I felt like I was just like slamming carbs and protein and I would eat half of my meal because then we would have to go test and, you know, we would be walking and just accumulating a lot of time on our feet. And so, yes, ideally, but that wasn't at all. Like, I don't think any of us had the best sleep, the best recovery, the best downtime. We didn't have much downtime at all. Um, you know, we were all kind of just all over the place. Every single athlete on the demo team, I'm sure would say the same thing. And I just felt like, 
so I had after demo team, I was just like, I need to just chill and just do nothing for like a week. And I need to sweat and I need a sauna and I need to spin for hours because I felt so gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was that was work. Like that was like we were working. Um, and when you're competing, you are also working, but your only job is to perform your events. It's not to tend to people and tend to other things. And yeah, you revolve your entire weekend to your nutrition and recovery and performance. And we did it. We just, we were there to test and also do all the things. Aside from so do you, do you think that'll give you more of a calm when you make it this year and you're mm. out there? Obviously the crowds are going to be there differently yeah. than the demo team, but kind of that you've, you're out there and that experience, um, not just you, but just people who have, who are kind of on that brink and maybe thinking about doing demo or something like that, but um, gives you that calm for, for this year where you're like, okay, I know the volume. I know what I got to do so that it's not like an overwhelming feeling. I don't think it, it'll make me like being on the demo team was amazing. Um, but I don't think that gives me like, ah, uh, now I know what to expect. So I'm more confident and comfortable now. Um, mm -hmm. I think no matter what I do or how I compete or where I compete, I'll always get the butterflies and the nerves, but then excitement eventually. Um, and when we were doing demo, you know, you don't have the crowd, you don't have the, like the intensity, the expectation, you're just there to whatever result you get is the result. Like you're not, you know, losing you know, expectations from other people. Um, but I will say that I think being on it is going to better prepare me when it comes to boss's thinking, hopefully. Um, so when things come up, I'm just like, uh, I, I, I'm not surprised, you know, versus athletes were like, crossover double unders, like what? Like, that's insane. Like, you know, now it's like, okay, we got to develop our jump coping skills. We can't just jump in one direction up and down. So if I, if we eventually see another skill, maybe a triple under through there, maybe consistently testing crossover double unders now, I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised when uh, some harder skills come up because I'm hoping that it'll give us more insight in training. Um, but I guess no, no matter what, you're always, you always have butterflies and nerves and, but it's for the best, right? And it makes me very excited when I compete. Yeah, that just means that you care about what's going on. Oh yeah. Yeah. You never know what's going to be tested. That's the crazy thing about the sport. It's like, okay, well, these things were tested this year. How, like, no matter what, and no matter how long you study the history of the sport and training, and there's always something that they throw in that someone has never done before. I mean, that heavy sandbag even. We love sandbags all the time, but no heavier than, like, 150. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, now we got to be good at, like, you know, odd object heavy heavy lifting in this way like odd, odd and um so yeah so there's always one thing that you're like man didn't do it in training but now we're gonna start doing it in training so i have one i do have one more question i know i said i had one last but the one expectation on you on demo team is that you give feedback mm -hmm. right and the reason that that ali is good at that is you know justin cotler has told us that she's going to make an amazing coach someday. You have been a coach for several years under the tutelage of one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen in the sport. Does that make it so that you are better at giving feedback to Boz during this stuff? Because 
you understand programming at a different level? Yeah, well, it was more like the feedback that he was looking for. It wasn't to change the pro. It wasn't um, the programming feedback at that point of the weekend. It's the weekend of the game. So the program wasn't going to change, but he was asking for feedback on like, how did this feel? Did you feel safe? Is there things that we could maybe lay out a little bit? How did you like the transitions, you know, from here to here? How did you feel safe? Did you feel safe going up? We t I tested the alpaca, the legless uh, rope climb event. You know, there's certain safety things that he needs to know that he wouldn't know if he's not testing them. Um, so it was more on that kind of feedback by that part of the weekend. Um, so, when it so just for clarification, the alpaca event, you're the one that tested it Sunday morning after the rain to make sure that it was going to be safe. And should no. they change it? Actually, okay. I tested it. Yeah, you're right. There was a couple of times that they got tested. Um, yeah, that morning, Chloe, it was Chloe and Griffin, Chloe Wilson and Griffin, I believe that were testing, um, you know, the sleds and the ropes and certain things. Um, and to see if it was safe enough, they eventually gave the feedback that like, no, this, this is not happening. This just can't happen. Um, and then I tested it days before, um, you know, on a nice sunny, hot day where it was dry and that was that. So there were events that were tested multiple times done multiple ways. Allie and um, Chloe tested the wall ball heavy snatch workout uh, event several times. And like each time it was like, oh, we got, okay, we have this transition. Now let's bring the dumbbells closer. And I want to see this transition, you know, three, two, one, go. And then Boz would be like, no, I don't like that. Okay, what do you guys think? Let's try this way. Okay, three, two, one, go. And they're just like, you know, the testing hamster is going through it. So that was the kind of feedback that he gets. Um, other feedback uh, points that we were able to help with were like heights, like heights for the blocks on um, the split jerks in that running event. Um, so they're like, okay, V is one of the shortest athletes. I think the shortest athlete might be five feet. I'm five one. So it was more like, okay, what's the lowest that we could have this that, you know, we'll be ready for the lowest athlete and what's the tallest and what's, you know, and so it'd be like fee, if you were to have to, you know, split jerk from this height, would you find success? I'd be like, no, that's freaking high. Like I'm coming up on my toes, you know, after running, I, that would be, that would be unfair at that point when you can't rack a barbell safely or so it'd be things like that. So that was the kind of feedback that we were able to provide. Um, and it was extremely helpful for Buzz to know in the whole team. So you and James didn't share uh, a jerk block? <laughs> his, his would be like, you know, my like end of a push <laughs> jerk or split jerk. Uh, yeah, definitely not. Which <laughs> yeah, like his is get, getting you ready just to overhead squat already in the position. Yeah, it's so funny in training. Like it's his height for back squat. I could just walk right underneath it. And it'll just graze like a couple of little babies. <laughs> That's his back spot height. And I'm just walking under. <laughs> All right. So you move so let's go move on to Naples. You move to Naples. Are you coached directly by Matt or do you have one of the other coaches working with you daily? Yeah. Every day I receive coaching from Matt. Um, Matt Torres has been in Naples and he lives in Naples, and that's why he his goal was to create a hub um, of athletes there. So all of us moved down there to be directly coached by him. So 
I've been lucky enough to, for every single day, I get to see my coach. I get to work with him. You know, we have two sessions a day um, and I get to get constant feedback. I'm also really lucky. There's a, you know, Dom Diagostino has been with Brute for a long time and he also coaches has been coaching some athletes there and there've been days and moments um, where I also get some great coaching from Don and it's really cool um, throughout this year and even just leading up through quarters like it's just been great to get some of the best coaching from you know those coaches and Matt and Dom together work so well and Dom is so passionate for what he does and even though we're not like I'm not Dom's athlete we're all a team and we all just are there to bring out the best of each other, right? And when Danielle is at her best, when Dallin's at his best, when Emma's at his be her best, you know, it pulls the best out of me. And it's just, that's how you grow and that's how you become a stronger individual and a stronger team. So it's been amazing. So you said before the move that you had done some, you've gotten little improvements over the years. Have you seen more than a little improvement since you moved? Yes, I've seen so much more progress in ways that I just wasn't getting um, or seeing on my own. And a lot of it was because it was on my own. So when it comes to just certain pieces of, you know, coaching and guidance and stress, you know, um, just there's a lot of things that we've changed on the fly in training too. Like I'll be going through a training piece and, you know, I it could probably not be going the way that we were hoping it was going to go. So I get to have that instant, like, okay, we're going to change it. Let's adjust to this and this go, you know, into the next interval versus at home where I go through a training piece. And then I'd be like, man, like I really struggled with that or that wasn't what I was expecting. And now I went through an entire training piece and now I'm realizing that it could have been done better in this way versus on the fly in this way. And that's just, you know, we're making the most of our time and with smarter training, um, you know, you become a stronger athlete and a smarter athlete and, um, you develop much more efficiently, um, than not. So it's been, that's, what's been really great. My strength, I want to believe has continuing to improve. Yes. There's, you know, little, I sprained my wrist like a couple months ago. Like there's just certain things that like come up that you're like, okay, gotta, you know, gotta work through this one. You know, there's certain ailments that come up, but I think overall, um, my strength has come a long way because I'm recovering better. Um, I'm recovering better. I'm sleeping better. My, I mean, my entire day is just focused around performing versus, you know, I got to train and then I'm going to coach and then I'm going to accumulate, you know, 30,000 steps today. And then I'm going to kind of eat my lunch, but then I'm going to have to finish my lunch after five o'clock and then I'm going to get home at eight, but then I have to eat dinner at nine and then, you know, and then it's just like, so my recovery is much better and it seems so it seems silly to some people, but when you're able to recover, you're able to rebuild. And when you could rebuild, you could train hard. And that's where we grow. So Kat's asking 30,000 steps. <laughs> not like I like, you know, monitored my, but I would not, I'm definitely, if I'm, I would say I can't, I didn't monitor it, but I remember many, many times where I'm like, I have not sat down since 8 a.m. Like, you know, it's the eating lunch at the whiteboard and writing my warm up for the 245 class. It's the eating lunch or eating something and like picking up my plates and putting away my barbell because I got a coach in the next like 15 minutes. Like, 
it's the walking for 12 hours. And the only time that I sit down is literally in my car to drive home or in my car to drive to the gym. And there were multiple days where I get home and I'm just like on the couch and I melt into the couch. It's like, ah, I get to sit down now. <laughs> but that's so just Kat, Kat is calling BS. She says you totally monitor, monitor it. No, I swear. I don't even have a watch as much as I always tell myself it'd be nice to have a little Fitbit or watch, but I'm too lazy to do that. I, I guess I don't even want to. I don't even want to see it. Like I don't even want to see it. It's almost like um, I used to wear. Uh, oh my god, I used to wear the Whoop app, and I used to wear it because I'd be like, oh, I want to see my strain and I want to see how hard I work today, right? And you see it, and then you're like. You don't see the strain that you wanted to see. You're like, I totally worked way harder than that. And you get upset. Or you see in the morning that like apparently your sleep is like 10% good. And you're like, am I going to have a bad day now? Like is my training just garbage at this? So I'm like, I can't wear that. I can't. It gets in my head. <laughs> yeah, Kat says those monitors are a trap. They are. <laughs> they are, Kat. So I want to ask about the recovery you were working as a coach in Cleveland before you moved to Naples. So you had to fit your training around other schedules. Do you have more recovery because you are solely an athlete in Naples or because Brute surrounds you with body work? Your, your coaches are kind of there monitoring that you're eating enough, all of that stuff. Yeah. Which, so, or is it a combination? It's, um, it's actually like, I guess it would be a little combination of both. Like, you know, I was a CrossFit coach. I taught CrossFit classes. It's not that like I own an affiliate and I'm also in management and administration and athlete relations at the gym. Like I'm not doing all of those things, um, you know, compared to, you know, other athletes that also do like amazing, incredible things in their own business. But, but my day was, you know, I wake up, you know, I get my breakfast, I eat, whatever. And then it either started with coaching and then train. Um, or maybe some days I trained and then I coach. But it kind of consistently was coach, train, 45-minute lunch, 30-minute lunch sometimes, depending on how training went. Um, coach, train, go home. And it was just like boom, 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 boom. And it felt like the day just went by so fast. And sometimes, you know, I work with Mike Malloy and – I still have so much work to continue to do with my nutrition and accountability, but he would, he continues to keep me accountable. And I'd be like, like, I, I literally did not finish my lunch and now it's like six o'clock PM and now it's supposed to be dinner, but I have only eaten this. And, you know, we really work, you know, try to work around that, but there's, it's just life and life is life. Like it's not perfect and you just make it work. And um, now in Florida, um, I start my days for myself. Um, I don't start my days coaching or, you know, waking up early and rushing at the house and coaching. And if you know, if you're a coach out there, um, no matter what you do, you know that you, coaching is exhausting and you do that throughout the day. And even you tend to people outside of class and you're giving energy to so many people and you love it. But when you need the energy to train and to hit it hard and to have it for yourself, it's, it's also hard. Um, so yeah, so now I, I don't necessarily coach. I would love to, um, but I, that's not my job right now. 
Um, so I get to recover a little bit more. I get to slow down during the days that are meant to be slow, which is in between training. I get to focus on eating um, and actually like sitting down <laughs> and like not like be running around. Um, and when it comes to all the resources uh, down in root, um, you know, I got the best connections with the physical therapists, the chiropractors, the massage therapists, the dry needling, Telena Fortunato, she's down there. OG, amazing athlete, and she actually takes care of a lot of us. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we have a lot of great resources and connections down there that has made recovering that much better. So, I quick story. I Wadapalooza, Telena walked past me, and, like, the people didn't know who she was. And I was like, she's one of the greatest athletes to ever do this sport. And she's just walking through Wadapalooza like she's Sam Smith. And I'm like, that is ridiculous. I was so upset. Or maybe I'm just, I've been around way too long. I know. When I first met her, I was like, oh my God. Like, you know, I watched you in 2014 when I was just starting. Like, you know, and um, she, oh, she dry needled her neck. See, if you guys are in Naples uh, or in Florida, go to Telena for some amazing treatment. She's amazing. Uh, but yeah, she's OJ. She, Wadapalooza. She said, fun fact, what was it, in 2013 or one of those years, there weren't enough elite women competing. This was like the very beginnings of Guadalupe, I think. Um, and so she was allowed to compete on the men's division, and she placed on the podium in the men's division. How fun is that? How amazing is that? And then saying, but yeah, she's awesome. She was such a savage. And now she um, is just an amazing mom. She has twins, and she has three kids. Um, and she yeah, she. I think she was carrying all of them when she walked past me. Oh, I don't doubt that for a second. I asked her, I'm like, how do you do it? She's like, she goes, I don't even know. <laughs> I think that's every mom in the world. Like, I'm just figuring it out minute by minute. So she's amazing. We, we get taken care of very well down there. And um, we definitely don't take it for granted. Was always when we talk to you, feet like the time flies by. It's like talking to an old friend. So <laughs> I'm gonna try to get through a couple things really fast because I don't want to take up too much of your time. But quarterfinals just ended. You finished 17th in the world, and the third workout was was a heavier barbell. Yeah, and you, I would say, from watching your career. That was way more damage control on a heavy barbell than you have ever done before. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hit that on the head, right? So do you look at that as like, boy, that gives me some confidence. And that's a big win going to the next round because you're not going to have 3,000 people to compete against where you could drop way down the list. Now you're just going to have 60. Yes. That was such a confidence boost for so many reasons one because i think it it is it does give me the reassurance that strength is getting you know stronger um and events like that where unfortunately just in my history strength events have always been like damage control events and then i have to make up for that damage by getting top fives or fighting for top three you know i have to do that and if i don't it's just i'm not in it um, and so that was a great confidence boost. Um, I will say that morning I was very doubtful of myself and that's very unlike me. 
Um, I'm one that stays hopefully pretty optimistic in most situations, but it was because, you know, after Wadapalooza, my hip was flaring up a little bit and I just feel like I, I haven't been able to squat for a month um, and do anything heavy for really a month. Um, no injury, just a little flare up. So naturally, you know, I get into this, like, I, I, I don't think I'll be able to like, I think I'm going to have to be squatting this and it's going to hurt because of my hip. And, um, Matt gave me all the confidence before he's like, you are so strong. You could do this. You need to know that you could power everything. Um, and you have the strength to do it. We've been, this is everything that we've been working on in training. And it just happened to be the easiest, uh, power cleans at 185 um, that I've ever done for me. And that was such a big win. I was so proud of myself. And regardless of like the 200th place finish, I know on paper, it doesn't look amazing. It was just like me, even a couple months ago, wouldn't be able to do that. So um, that was such a huge confidence boost. I needed that. Well, you saying that you power clean those makes me super optimistic as a fan of yours. <laughs> oh, yeah. So just, just that line alone. Right. So then you did, but then on the flip side, right. You finish 17th in the world, but then you do the sort to the East North American East and you finish ninth. And that just shows you the murderer's row that is North American East. And you have had the worst luck being placed in probably the toughest semifinal out there every year are you optimistic with the new format and them looking at expanding the number of people who get in based on that murderer's row ish thing that that will help you out this year i'm so optimistic i think the years past have you know there have been you know lots of talks on what semis are harder than others and the ranks and the you know the strengths of of semis changed and were different all last year and it was hard not to you know get down on myself but also everyone's fighting for the same thing and at that point you just got to do your job um this year i love that you know there is a little bit more of a leveled playing field and we still don't know how many spots are going to be taken at each semi at least i don't um <laughs> but uh we don't know if it's going to be 10 spots 12 spots here 15 spots here, five spots there. We don't know. But what I do know is that there is more of an even playing field and the spots that go from the Northeast, um, there's definitely going to be more opportunity because the strength of that field is so strong. But to be up there with them um, continues to show me that I'm there. Um, I'd like to believe that I'm a threat to girls and that uh, other girls are scared when I beat them in events that maybe they didn't see coming or they don't like top finishes. And I know I'm there and I'm knocking on the door. Um, so I'm really excited. You know, nothing's promised and we still got some, some weeks to go, some months to put in work, but I'm, I'm working so hard and I'm just so happy and excited that the trajectory is going right where we, we need it to go. So I've, I've seen some projections from people who are way smarter than me who take what CrossFit has announced as the formula and it it should be getting more than 10 spots. Amazing. Oh, like I'm here I'm hearing 12. But again, they are way smarter than me. What I want to ask is 
what is it like looking at that murderer's row and seeing it filled with your teammates? Oh, I love it. I like, of course it gives me, you know, butterflies and, you know, my heart rate seems to elevate. I'm sweating right now, but that's what happens when you get nervous, but that's what happens when you get excited too. And it's just excitement. I, I don't ever want to compete against anyone's left, like not their best. Like, I want everyone that I ever compete against to be at their absolute healthiest, their best, their strongest, like all of it. Cause I only ever want to contend with that. And I hope that I'm able to bring that for someone else. And I see how hard Emma works and I see how hard Danielle works and we all are chasing the same things and things get pretty cutthroat during, you know, quarterfinals and, you know, we get a little heated. There's been some heat and emotion, but at the end of the day, like, I want to see them qualify and I want to, I want to contend with that. And I want them to also like, you know, go toe to toe with me and maybe be a little bit nervous. Like you see a workout that Fee's good at maybe a wheelhouse chipper. And then you're, I hope that they're like, okay, I've seen Fee crush this in training or, you know, improve in training. Like let's freaking go. Let's like, you know, get at this and push each other. And, um, I'm more excited than nervous. Um, and even better that the Northeast region is also filled with some amazing friends um, and incredibly strong competitors, um, that it makes me even more excited to be in the strongest region because it tells me that when, when it comes go time at the games, I only ever want to be the most prepared. And the most prepared I'm going to be is when I compete against the best. And I think the Northeast girls are truly some of the strongest girls in the game. Well, when you're... Top five, they almost have, don't have to worry about how many spots there are. <laughs> That's true. But I'm excited. They, we we all work so hard, regardless of your, you know, if I'm in the brute strength camp or not. Um, everyone's just working so hard. And I know come semifinals, like, girls are going to bring it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be nasty, and everyone's going to fight for all the points, regardless how many spots there are. So I'm excited. It's going to be a great year. And this is my last question, Fee. Um, what does it tell you about the data you're getting day to day at Brute? When you look at that top 10 and it's filled with Danielle and Emma, and you know that when you're going toe to toe with them, you're getting real quality feedback every day. Yeah. So the it's very important for all of us to not be competing every single day in training and that we get feedback in different ways than other athletes do because maybe our training like my training is way different than danielle's training it's way different than emma's training so even though we're under the same training camp and in the same gym we're not doing the same workouts because emma fee and danielle are totally different athletes and we require many different styles of training and different things um, but when we're doing quarterfinals events like this, it's amazing to know that, you know, I'm either right there with Emma, maybe I'm only, you know, a hundred or so meters behind her row. I'm, you know, a couple seconds behind Danielle, or maybe I, I beat someone and then it's like, okay. And it's not necessarily about beating them. It's more like they are both incredible athletes and knowing that like, that's where incredible is and, um, to test against that. Um, just is, you know, it tells me and Matt that our progress is, is heading strong. 
Um, and it's the same for them, you know, when they're training and they're able to progress and see progress and maybe scores against mine or scores against someone else, they're able to get that same feedback. So us being our best helps each other and getting that constant feedback is amazing versus being alone and not even knowing where you're at. And you're waiting until a semifinal to test that. We get to see that often. Ooh, how does she handle cheating? Intentional or accidental from her competitors in online or in-person competitions. Oh, cheating. I don't think, who's cheating? <laughs> like cheating as in like cheating reps, taking yeah. things they're not supposed to take. Man, that's so hard. I like, honestly, I'll say this. I do not care about people cheating. Like I don't, people cheat. It's not that I, you know, it's not that I, I guess I said it wrong. It's not that I don't care. It's I can't let it affect me because if someone cheats their reps or something, um, I can't change that. You know, like I can't change what they're doing, how they're doing it. Um, I, I focus a lot on myself. Um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of girls don't think maybe I want it enough or I'm not as an aggressive competitor, or maybe I don't understand what it takes to be on a podium because I'm so focused on me and I'm very optimistic and positive, um, but that's just who I am. So I really try to make it a point to not listen to the noise and to not listen to the things that I just can't control. And a lot of those things is what people do outside the sport or cheating, or, you know, like I said, taking things they're not supposed to be taking and Things that are out of my control, I just give no attention to. I don't entertain it for a single second. Well, Fee, I want to I want to end this on a positive note. You are an amazing person. I love your smile. I love seeing you at events. It's always the best. It's always great to catch up with you. And uh, with that, we will let you go for the day. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast. Thank you guys. Bye.